0: A lot of people operate at this high-stress level for so long that it's normal, and that becomes a problem.
1: I am Cheryl Whitten, and this is The Aromatherapist, where we discover the superpower of plants. Have you ever been curious about aromatherapy and did a simple internet search, landed on a result and thought, that can't be right? The sad truth is most of the information out there about aromatherapy is not correct. It's my mission to change that. Join me in my new course, The Science of Aromatherapy, and learn about the science and chemistry of essential oils, drug interactions, safety considerations, contraindications, and botanical profiles of the 10 most popular essential oils. Visit livelovelemon.com forward slash science course to enroll. My guest today is Dr. Aaron Ellis, a naturopathic medical doctor from Arizona. And Dr. Aaron grew up as an army brat, a daughter of a now retired colonel in the US Army. Before attending medical school, she received a bachelor's degree in business from Arizona State University and she worked in restaurant management and bartending and serving for nearly 20 years, but life quickly changed in her early 30s when she was diagnosed with a rare form of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at age 31. She never thought that she would be diagnosed with cancer at such a young age, but it was the turning point in her life. She always wanted to be a doctor, but gave up on those dreams because she was sick of being in school. The diagnosis and then kicking cancer butt gave her the drive, the motivation, and the determination to get out of her own way and become the doctor she always wanted to be. And this diagnosis at such a young age proved to her that life is too short to feel suboptimal, and given the right tools, the body has the innate ability to heal itself. After graduation from Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine in 2017, she worked at a naturopathic urgent care in North Scottsdale, seeing medical cases ranging from acute to chronic and seen in pediatrics to geriatrics. After two and a half, years she decided to branch out on her own and spread the modalities of naturopathic medicine to the east valley where she finds passion helping highly ambitious goal-driven women address the root cause of why they are constantly running on empty have hormone imbalance, or can't lose weight despite exercising and eating clean. And so this is exactly what we dive into today on this episode. And so I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Aaron about the effects of stress on our weight and on our hormones and how it all plays together. So we talk about how pervasive stress is in our world today. We really dive into the importance of being aware, self-aware of our our triggers and our emotional moments, and about how to manage that. And so, I so appreciated my conversation with Dr. Aaron. And so, without further ado, Dr. Aaron Ellis. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to the show. It's so lovely to have you. Thank you for having me, Cheryl. I, I'm honored to be here. Awesome. So, we're going to dive in today and talk a little bit about some stress and. Some weight management. But before we do that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So where are you from and why or maybe how did you get into natural medicine? Sure. Well, I am currently located
0: in Gilbert, Arizona. That's where my practice is. But being a naturopathic doctor was really not my first career choice. It's like my second career. Um, I grew up, went to school, got sick and tired of being in school, got my degree in business, and worked in um, the bars and restaurants for many, many years. And I had originally gone to college at University of Arizona to do pre-med because I wanted to do something medical. But and I gave up on those dreams because I didn't want to be in school for like eight more years. Mm-hmm. And, but I always knew I wanted to do any more. I just hadn't figured that out. And in 2010, I was diagnosed with a rare form of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I had a tumor by my bladder, and it really only accounted for 2% of all non-Hodgkin's lymphomas, and it was typically found in older men. So oh, wow. why it was in me at the age of 31, I have no idea. But if that would have never happened to me, I likely would not be sitting here talking to you about any of this because it really opened my eyes to health and wellness. I learned so much through my cancer journey. I um, can't, I kicked its butt in six months. I'm very, very fortunate to have done that with flying colors with really no side effects and no issues along the way. And now I help my patients become their best versions. And I don't want anyone to really have to worry about getting a chronic disease you know, like cancer or life is really too short to feel suboptimal. And a lot of patients nowadays are not getting the answers that they deserve and saying that they feel like this and they're getting a brushed off, like you're fine, your labs are normal. And this is why I do what I do is because I give my patients hope and make sure that they're the healthiest that they can be so that they have less likelihood of getting a chronic disease.
1: Wow. That's an incredible story. And it's so true. I mean, we're, we're so, this is why this topic is good today to talk about stress because we -hmm. we are just used to... to operating at suboptimal. Oh gosh. Yeah. Not yep. not good. <laughs> we got to nope, do better. Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the stress. Yeah. We're going to talk about that as part of a piece of weight management, but as we said, it's a huge problem. And in today's world, I think the statistic even says that it's like responsible for 90% of chronic illnesses. Oh yeah. And Right now, we're seeing crazy records, high rates of like mental health problems related to stress. And as myself, someone who lives with autoimmune disease, I am acutely aware of the effects of stress. So, can you tell us a little bit about stress and what it kind of generally does to the body? Sure. So, my
0: favorite thing to say is I I ask all my patients on a scale of one to 10 with tending the most, how would you rate your stress level? And it's very, very rare that I get someone to say under five. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, pretty high stress. And Even if you're under five, I don't really believe you. I'll put it in the chart. But because of everything going on, especially in 2020, like everyone has some sort of stress. They may not feel stressed. And that's literally where I was at the beginning of this pandemic. It was like, I wasn't, I didn't feel stressed, but I was way more stressed than I actually like felt stressed. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of what is, I've been seeing lately is that it's a lot of people operate at this high stress level for so long that it's normal. And this is like their normal daily life. It's just go, 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 go. And that's becomes a problem. So what happens when our body is under stress? Well, our adrenal glands is primarily our stress organ. And these guys sit on top of our kidneys and they release our stress hormone, which is called cortisol. And the secretion of this hormone is regulated by something called our HPA access, which stands for hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenal access. This is why working with a naturopathic physician is, is so great. If you don't wanna, don't have one on your team, get one because the body is connected, and this is a prime example as to this access that connects a lot of things in our body. Like the adrenals aren't in our brain, but it's connected with something in our brain, you know, down in the, in our lower back by our kidneys. And cortisol, our stress hormone, legit affects everything in our body: our stress, our circadian rhythm, that sleep wake cycle, our blood sugar our immune system, our metabolism. So cortisol actually really is anti-inflammatory too. But if we're under this chronic stress, heightened state of go, 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 fight or flight, or now like fight or freeze, this leads to more pro-inflammatory. Which we all know is really not good because if anyone's done any research or literature on COVID nineteen, like we have an inflammatory response if you know you were to become in contact with this virus. So think if you're already at a chronically inflamed state, adding this virus is not going to make things any better. Mm-hmm. So there's different ways to control it and managing it, and there's you know significant um, either cortisol uh, increase levels or decrease levels. They kind of have almost the same symptoms and side effects but it can be managed but the first thing we have to do is what are you what what is the stress and how can we manage the stress like I can help you metabolically but where is the stress coming from and how can we manage that because if we don't get to the root cause then we're still going to be operating at this crazy level for a long time
1: yeah, exactly. And I know for myself, one of my little hacks that I always lean on is like, I like to go to adaptogenic herbs when I'm in a state of stress. And then, yes. but then, but then the problem is that I'm always taking herbs, you know, and supplements, and there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. That's helpful for have body, them but my body. I on my desk. Yeah. But then you don't, it's like, okay, that, so it helps. But at what point do you start to learn, okay, how do we offload some of the stress? How do we? behave differently or manage life differently. Mm-hmm. Um, So that stress is not, we don't have to take all of these supplements because we're so stressed all the time. Yeah, um, And there is a difference between chronic and acute, right? Like acute oh. stress is just that like you're in an injury state, right? For sure. Yes. And
0: then chronic is like over eight weeks long of like, a, you know, a high stress, which if you want to compare it to the pandemic, yeah, everyone's in a chronic stress life. We don't even know what tomorrow's going to be like. Are your kids mm. going back to school? Are they staying home? How is school? Are they going to be coming back home? Should I go back to work? Uh, what's the office like? Like every single day is different. And so I think it's it's very fair to say that we've all been living in a, in a chronic stress for, you know, quite some time now because of what's going on.
1: Yeah, and our bodies are capable of responding to acute stress and recovering yeah. from that, but that sustained activity is detrimental so let's talk a little bit about the weight then so Mm -hmm. most people think that stress causes us to lose weight and in my case that is certainly true for Mm me when my stress is high i tend to drink coffee and not eat and then you know i just i just lose too much and really fast Mm -hmm. but it's actually more common for the opposite to happen where we gain weight and then it's Mm -hmm. hard to get off so can you explain a little bit more why this happens So we've been told this,
0: our narrative this entire life or our entire lives that the less we eat, the more we are going to lose weight. And when we don't eat, when we're stressed, like, yeah, you're going to lose weight, but Mm -hmm. you're only going to lose weight for a certain amount of time because you're not feeding your body anything. So it's going to start storing anything that you feed it as fat. Right. So that goes not in, you know, it goes in line with stress, but it goes in line with daily life too. So Mm -hmm. a lot of women that I see in my office are under eating. Like they're not given their body enough caloric intake for their daily energy that they expend. And that's, you know, even if they aren't active because of whatever the case may be, but activity includes like going to the bathroom or going to the kitchen to get your coffee, whatever the case may be. So we need to be making sure that we're meeting the metabolic demands of our body by caloric intake. Now, also, if you're not eating enough, like you're severely depleting your system of the essential vitamins and nutrients, which are really slim to none nowadays in our, our, our diet because of what we've done to our crops and our soils. So we're really not getting a whole lot anyways. And then if you add that you know, not eating component to it, you're really super deficient. So your body's gonna hang on to everything that you possibly give it because it's like, oh my gosh, you're starving me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to but then there's also the cortisol insulin, which, um, I know we'll talk a little bit about insulin, but that plays a huge, huge role too. And a lot of that is, is dietary because if you think about it, if we're stressed, it's almost like we want that comfort food. We want Mm -hmm. that quick pleasure, that dopamine response. We want to increase our reward center. We want to feel good because we're stressed. Just be like, Oh, I really want pizza. Like I had a hard day or I want ice cream, calm us down Mm -hmm. and like feel good. But that can have a negative effect on our blood sugar control. Then we have a a miscommunication between insulin and glucose. And then now we're really storing things as fat because we have insulin resistance going on. So it's like this vicious cycle that literally probably starts from being in this stress state. So we can address that. Again, the root cause, like what is the stress? How can we manage it? Then likely all of these other things that may come down the line won't happen.
1: Right. So other hormones, like we were just saying about insulin, mm-hmm. what about things like leptin and thyroid hormones that are affected mm-hmm. by stress? Can, they, can that loop with stress also then impact weight as well? Yeah. So cortisol
0: affects almost everything in the body, like I said, but almost as important as cortisol is your thyroid. Now thyroid is also produced in that HPA axis. It's produced mm-hmm. in our pituitary TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. So that's where the the first signal for our brain to release TSH, for our thyroid to release the hormone starts. So it's all connected. Now, mm-hmm. I like to think of the body as like a circuit breaker too. So if you have a circuit off, you're likely going to trip another one and then another one. So it's also like a domino effect. If you hit one, something else is going to go because now we have something else needed need to compensate. So if you're stress, 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 like obviously that's going to take harm to your cortisol and make that go up or down, likely up first, and then you're going to crash. Mm -hmm. And then it's also going to put stress on your thyroid, which is important for almost every single organ system in our body from our metabolism to our bowel movements, to our energy, to our hair, our temperature control, hot or cold, literally almost every single organ system. And then leptin is right around in there. I usually run, I don't run leptin too too often, but that's our, um, I'm full hormone. So there's a, you know, we want that good communication with the body and saying like, okay, I'm, I'm full, like I'm, I'm, I'm satiated. I don't need to eat anymore. So yeah, there's, they're definitely all connected.
1: Okay. So diet is a critical part of weight loss. And we've touched on this already a little bit. How is it, or maybe is it important to reducing the impacts of stress? So what I mean is, can we diet to nourish the body and then which will stop those effects of maybe hormonal surges or of cortisol surges? So we tend to, or some people tend to eat to soothe stress, but is there a Mm -hmm. way to eat so that it actually, like we become almost resistant to stress? Is that a thing?
0: Well, I feel like the foods that you give your, like you are what you eat. I mean,
1: that's, Mm -hmm. that's
0: huge. And food is medicine. That's Hippocrates from years ago. So if you feed your body. The foods that it needs and it's low glycemic, it's low sugar, it's really gonna help out your stress hormone. It's really gonna help out your insulin response. So, yes, I would say that there is a correlation between food and stress because if we're eating high carbs, high sugar, processed foods with a lot of yucky things in them, Mm -hmm. like we're not nourishing our body with the essential vitamins that we need that can likely help
1: out all of these organs function properly. So, absolutely. And when you have those, the cortisol insulin link too, you have those sugar cravings. And like you're saying that the spikes and crashes, and that can be really intense. So how do you suggest getting around those or through those, I guess, in what you're eating? So make healthy
0: choices. Now, I, I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'll go have a brownie. I'll go have an ice cream, but it's all about balance. So if you're going to have pizza, for instance, have a salad with it. Like, don't just, you know, gorge on the pizza and that's your dinner. Like, make it balanced with, you know, a salad. If you're, you know, choosing the donut, again, like, let's have some protein with it. Like, have some eggs, balance. So those are Mm -hmm. easy ways to do it without just saying, like, you know, raid the fridge or the pantry and clear out everything. Let's just make small, tiny adjustments to some certain habits that you're well accustomed to because of, you know, your stress. And it's like, well, this is my... This is my blanket and this is my comfort blanket that I need. And I don't want to get rid of that. I'm not asking you to get rid of it. Let's just try and have some balance and make it a little bit better for your body. Because if we're just having constant sugar and carbohydrates, like we're not, we're we're spiking our blood sugar, our moods all over the place. We're going to be gaining weight. It's not helpful for our thyroid. It's not helpful for our adrenals. But if we balance that with some protein and, and fiber, that response is a little bit less.
1: Yeah. And we talked about emotional eating for the stress. So I, I'm guilty myself of like a, you're talking about the indulging, like a chocolate bar or a nice glass of wine. That's good Mm -hmm. for knocking that stress out, but you know, it doesn't last and it maybe ends up having more side effects from that. So how do we navigate that urge for relief? Like what are some practical tips for that? So we, the first thing to ask yourself is why do I want this? Mm -hmm. What is it going to do for me?
0: And is there something else that I could choose instead that's going to be better for me? Um, a lot of cravings happen because we might not be hydrated enough. So I challenge you if you ever get a craving for like that chip that you know is in the pantry or those cookies, first ask yourself, do I really need this? Am I hungry? Like, am I eating just because? Or maybe I'm not hungry and I need more water. So drink a ton of water first and then see how you feel. But the first thing that I always recommend is like, why do you want this? And I ask myself that all the time. I'm like, why do I want this? Mm-hmm. what is this
1: going to do for me? And recognizing those things that are triggers. I know for yeah. me, it's like walking in the door after work after a long day, all I want to do is kick back. And, and for me, it's really just, it's recognizing that I know that when I walk in the door, I have, I have more things that I have to do and that's mm-hmm. stressful. And that's mm-hmm. when I really want to just sit down and, you know, Yeah. and so yep. instead it's like, okay, let's make a plan, you know, figure out yeah maybe eat before I get home, you know, those little things, but it helps when you can recognize mm-hmm. what those triggers are. Mm-hmm. So I, as I said, I like the, the adaptogenic herbs yep. and I also use aromatherapy a lot for rebuilding resistance to stress. Mm-hmm. Is, is this something that people can incorporate? And I'm not talking about, you know, just for clarity, those, any of those weight loss kinds of pills or anything like that, yeah. but herbs, like, ashwagandha and rhodiola mm-hmm. um, for cortisol levels. What do you? Is this something you recommend? Is it something that people can include?
0: Yeah, and it's really important too to make sure we check where your cortisol levels are first, mm-hmm. because we right. might need extra boost that the adaptogenic herbs. Because herbs take a while for for them to work in the body; they're not super fast. It takes a little while. Um, same thing with you know aromatherapy; it's not. Well, most of them, if you smell them like lavender, I'm sure is is an awesome one for stress, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, the herbs, like I have, you know, some on here, but I also have a glandular for my adrenals too, just to mm-hmm. keep them, keep them going. Cause I was in a little bit of, you know, decreased cortisol and I needed to really boost those up. But I take my stress complex all the time because like I said, I don't, I don't believe you if you tell me you don't have stress, mm-hmm. we all have stress. And I think it's important to really take control of that and, and understand that you do and be nice to your poor little adrenals. Cause again, they're like, they're so small yes, yes. and they're so important. But yeah, I also highly recommend getting your cortisol levels checked. And it's very, very rare that I see any patient with, with labs from a medical doctor come in with a cortisol test. Like they don't mm-hmm. really not done. And then there's the tests you can self-order. Like the Dutch test is very mm-hmm. popular. They do a four point cortisol test because we want cortisol high in the morning and lower in the evening. Um, mm-hmm. And some people are operating like this and some people are just like this or some mm-hmm. people are just, you know, they their curves all over the place. So that's why the four point cortisol test is really awesome to see where you are on that, that bell curve throughout the day. So yeah, I highly recommend before anything to, to really see where you're, where you stand because you might just need a little bit more.
1: And do you find that people present with like vitamin deficiencies as well? If they're, if they're really stressed or if they have high cortisol?
0: Oh yeah. So there's a few different vitamins that our body needs to um, for metabolic processes and to get from point A to point in the B in the body like vitamin B B12 specifically it will be 6 B5 like there's a few different B's that are important and magnesium so mm-hmm. magnesium is is really important for our feel-good hormones like dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, those neurotransmitters that have a role in stress and that pleasure response. So a lot of people are deficient in these essential vitamins. I see it every single day. Vitamin D is huge for our hormones. It's It's actually like a lot of people don't understand that we make hormones from vitamin D. Like vitamin D plays a huge role mm-hmm. in the hormone cascade and cortisol is a hormone and then our sex hormones so we have deficiency in vitamin d which i legit see almost daily in my office it's that's a huge problem so i start with the basics but it's really doesn't make any sense to just go out to the store and buy vitamins when you don't know what your body needs and that's Mm -hmm. why working with you know a functional medicine doctor or a naturopathic doctor like we run these tests and we can tell okay, well, you're super deficient in this, let's get you on this, or you know, let's consider intramuscular injections or whatever the case may be. So that way, you know what how we can best support your body.
1: Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. Uh, so I know that you teach your patients also about sleep and the importance of sleep. So mm-hmm. can you speak to how this is a key piece of stress reduction, but also with weight loss? Oh gosh. So sleep is
0: so important, but it's not necessarily like How much sleep we get is the quality of sleep. Okay. So I can see patients that say like, oh, I sleep for seven hours. It's like, well, are you sound asleep those seven hours? Or are you you know, in bed for seven hours and you're up and tossing around? So a lot of our organ repair and our immune system function happens while we're sleeping. Mm -hmm. And so we need to get into that deep REM sleep to have any of this happen. And if we're not getting enough sleep because we might be under stress or likely it could be a hormone imbalance that's causing us not to sleep. Like we're not going to be able to do the things that our body needs to do to repair itself. And then it puts you more likely to come down with say an illness or have, obviously you're going to be tired. Your your cognitive function isn't going to be there. Your performance is probably going to be lacking. Like you're just not going to be fun to be around after a while. Um, and again, it's like that burnout thing. You could also be like, well, I only get four hours of sleep because that's the only all I can get because I'm so busy working but think about it you can do that for a little bit but eventually your body's going to wear out like you just can't operate at that level I don't know if you're like me but back when I was in college it was like oh well, you could sleep like three hours and be fine mm-hmm. but now as I'm older it's like I need plenty of sleep I can't function like I did when I was in my 20s like our body oh, yeah, yeah okay. it's your <laughs> body like your it's your body it catches up And I think that's what happens. And it's also more and more important because we don't recover as fast as we used to when we were Mm -hmm. younger either.
1: Mm -hmm. And does sleep affect, so we're talking about that chronic inflammation, is there a connection in there between sleep and chronic inflammation? Yeah. So it's like, it's not being repaired. You can't repair that inflammation either. Yeah. And I see lots of people, and I know for myself I, I often take melatonin. Is that mm-hmm. something that you um, recommend for someone who might have troubles like getting a good quality of sleep?
0: It could be helpful for some.
1: I don't like melatonin.
0: it, doesn't, it, doesn't make, it makes me groggy. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's different, so it's a good place to start, but again, I like to get to the root cause. Why are we not sleeping? Mm-hmm. Why can't you fall asleep? Is it because your cortisol is so high? Is it because of your you know hormones? It likely could be any of that. Um, Or is it just because you can't shut off that brain? Why can't you shut off that brain? Right. Let's work on that first so you can get some good quality sleep.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. And when it comes to exercise and chronic stress, is there a balance or a right amount of exercise? Because I know for myself, like training too hard actually has the reverse effect where it causes an extra amount of stress and strain, and then it just makes everything worse. So if you already are in a situation of chronic stress, we know that exercise, generally speaking, is good for the body. It's a good type Mm -hmm. of stress, but is it possible to make it worse or undo progress if you push too hard?
0: Yep. Um, I see it a lot. And- if you are in some type of adrenal fatigue, which that word is a little controversial, is it mm-hmm. really to say your adrenal function is not where it should be. That likely means that you've overtrained, like we need to cut back on the exercise. A high intensity interval training is likely not for you at the moment, not to say you can't ever do it, but we have to give the body a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. So at that point, the best way, the best exercise is, is light exercise. Like yoga is really good, not hot yoga or anything like that. Just you know, good, mild, gentle yoga. Yeah. Or walking. Walking is literally the best thing that you can do for your nervous system, for your, for the sympathetic system, which is the fighter fight Mm -hmm. um, system um, to balance it out with the parasympathetic. Cause most people are super high in sympathetic and they don't have enough parasympathetic. So walking is super calming. And if you can go outdoors. I mean, it's seven degrees where you're at. It's nice where I'm at in Arizona. In the morning, it's nice in the evening. Like there's no excuse to get outside and get a get a walk in. You're getting vitamin D mm-hmm. um and just being out in nature is so calming for the for the mind and the body. So, yeah, you d- you can definitely overtrain. If you're one to work out and feel completely tanked afterwards, this is a sign that you need to cut back on the intensity of your exercise because it's likely doing your your hormones a disservice.
1: Yeah, and I we use oftentimes when you are a chronically stressed person, we use exercise as a way mm-hmm. to relieve the stress because it does. You do release really, you release endorphins, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But pay attention to that because it it is. I've I've definitely experienced that where it's yeah. actually made it completely worse rather than better. Yeah. Okay. So we think of. As we kind of said when we started, we think of stress as something that mostly affects our mind. And but as we have been talking about today, it actually affects your entire being. And mm-hmm. so, do you think that we can help weight loss with mind body practices or emotional, relational tools, lifestyle strategies beyond diet and exercise? Oh, absolutely. Um, besides, you know, diet
0: and lifestyle or exercise, like there's tons of lifestyle things that you can do. And I just had this conversation with a patient, uh, right before we jumped on for this. And I told her, I said, what are you doing for yourself? And she goes, well, I don't really have a lot of time for that. And I said, you need to find some time to take care of yourself. And I can give you ideas, but you know, what works for you and what's best for you. And what's really going to like, make you happy and reduce that stress. Like I can't just sit here and say like, go do meditation, go mm-hmm. do yoga, go do journaling. My favorite question to say, if you didn't have work right now, what would be something that you would do? And she goes, well, I love the beach. I would love to be at the beach. And I said, well, why don't you take a bath? Cause she loved baths, take a bath and get a sound machine with waves on it. And she mm-hmm. goes, oh my God, that is like the best idea because she's operating. I mean, I guarantee her cortisol's through the roof. She's super high stress. She's, her blood pressure is a bit elevated. It wasn't, you know, she's. I'm like, you got to take control of this. Mm -hmm. So there's lifestyle, definitely lifestyle things to do, but it's really hard to say what, because everyone's different. Like it may be singing, it may be dancing, it may be playing an instrument. It may just be sitting on the couch, watching TV and maybe reading a book and maybe journaling. Like some things work for me that might not work for you. So it's just really important to find that thing for you and do it. Even if it's 10 minutes a day, do it because it takes about 21 days to make a habit. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, if you keep it up. It's going, you're, it's going to be part of your daily practice and your stress level is going to go down. You're not likely going to be having those cravings for sugar. Your weight's going to be managed. The inflammation's going to get, go down. You're really going to be helping out your body and your mind.
1: Yeah. And I think like, as we were saying earlier about noticing the trigger, you know, and awesome. the emotion associated to the trigger. And then, you know, is it, what is it about it that makes you stress? And then figuring out a plan yes. to kind of combat that. And I find that that is very, very helpful for me. In, and even with the clients that I work with and learning how to just, you know, some stuff is not gonna be avoidable, right? I mean, sometimes we have yeah. relationships and our kids oh, and yeah. things are going on. We just we can't avoid it. But mm-hmm. having that little plan and, you know, following the plan can really help oh, so that we sure. don't dive into like those bad habits yeah. and, and practices. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was very lovely to meet you. Where can our listeners find you uh, around the web or more about your practice? Right. Well, I'm very, very active on social media.
0: Um, I love Instagram. I'm always on there. I run my own account, so it's not it's me. And awesome. um, that handle is Dr. Aaron Ellis. So I'm sure this will be linked in, this, in the show notes. Yes. I'm on Facebook as well. And then you can find all of these links on my website at drerinellis.com.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was lovely to chat with you. Thank you, Cheryl. I really appreciate this opportunity. All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and more information on essential oils, please visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast. And we love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils. So head over to Instagram and find us at The Aromatherapist Podcast. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your aromatherapist. We have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.